Hello. Welcome to our project here at True Hoop called True Hoop Tactics. It's me, Gerard Hector, and Coach David Thorpe. How are you, sir? I'm doing great. You are doing great. We saw some games last night. Um, there were some League Pass games. We had the doubleheader on TNT. One of them was ugly. <laughs> we'll, talk, we'll talk about a specific player in that game a little bit later. Later. But I think we want to start off talking about that exciting Memphis Grizzlies New Orleans Pelicans game. Now, Memphis was out was without Desmond Bain. The Pelicans were without Zion Williamson, but it was still a highly, highly entertaining game. Teams played well. You know, I said this when they drafted Zion and, and Ja back to back. I said these two teams are the future of the Western Conference. Now, it looked kind of hairy there in the beginning, right? Uh, Zion didn't play for the first couple of years, he had injury issues, what have you. Memphis ascended last year, took that huge leap, and it looked like, oh, New Orleans, who knows what's going to happen with them. But now, with all the young talent on both teams, it looks like this is the future of the league. And we got a little glimpse of it last night. Uh, before we get into specifically what you saw last night, just your quick 30-second opinion of the game. Oh, it's fantastic. Yeah, I mean, considering we're missing two All-NBA players. Right now, Desmond Bain's playing like an All-NBA player. Sure is. Zion certainly is, has a talent for that and is just now getting back into form, and then he tweaked his foot, I guess. He, I think he'll be back right away, though. Uh, very well played, I thought, both teams. The, uh, the macro view, I always try to see a game from macro view. Uh, the team that was missing the best shooter in the league struggled to shoot the ball. That was the difference in the game. Now, obviously, if Zion plays with Pelicans, it's a totally different dynamic. But uh, the, the one thing I'll say, Gerard, is we've timed up our show well. The league <laughs> is, is turning tactical before our very eyes. There's less give the ball to the dude and let him do his hero thing. Of course, that, that exists. But even that, and, and oftentimes, is happening after ball movement and after screens, and the defense is stretched a little more, and they've identified the, the matchup they want. It isn't just James Harden dribbling the ball for 25 seconds. Um, there's, and last night was a great example. There's some major talent on the court, but they ran, both teams ran a lot of stuff. So um, the Pelicans executed better. They made more shots. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, John Morant is beyond spectacular. <laughs> I, he's, he's pretty much unguardable. But New Orleans played with a pace an yes. activity, an energy level, shared the ball quickly and constantly. And they, I mean, if you, if Zion comes in, that doesn't get disrupted. They're going to be a very, very tough team come postseason. 100%. We're going to get right into what coach saw last night. I, I'm with you 1000% on that coach. I thought to your point, the pace, we talk about how you set screens for one reason. Hubie Brown says that to make the defense think. Right. I thought that New Orleans was racing around and everything they were, they were doing had Memphis on their heels for a lot of the game, right? It's like, oh my God, we have to react to this, react to this. And you see you see that happening, play out their tactics. And it also helps when you shoot the piss out of the ball. And they shot the ball really, really well. So, yeah. yeah you yeah, shots, they were you in good rhythm, good confidence. <laughs> I thought both teams uh, got confused on defense. That's why you do it. Uh, and also they changed up what they were doing. There's some drop coverage, there's some switching, there's some showing. We'll show some of this on film today. Uh, I, I would tell you, I'm, as you know, I know coaches in the league. Yes. And when, mm -hmm. when a coach asks me as something <laughs> someone did recently about guarding John Morant, I had to laugh and just say, you know, he's now at that level where he's not guardable because he's shooting 40% from three, I believe. And so you can't force him right or left. It, none of it matters. He, he's one of those guys like Jordan. In fact, he's the last, he's the first guy I remember since Jordan who just says, my plan is to jump and then figure it out. That, that's something you don't like guys yeah, doing. Right. He, but he, he just has that, that ability mm -hmm. to not just jump super high, but process super quickly. Mm -hmm. And so I'm telling you, there are times he just jumps and then reads it. And it's amazing. <laughs> it really is amazing to watch his speed, his quickness, his command of the ball, his competitiveness. This is, yeah. and to, to correct you, yes, this is the future of the league with Luca. Oh, yes, of course. And, and maybe, yeah. and maybe, Trey, Atlanta's coming. Atlanta's right? playing really he's well. A, yeah. He's an offensive force, and um, Dejounte Murray helps. So yeah. So your point is, we're seeing that change in the guard to these new absolute superstars. Mm -hmm. And Zion, I think, is at sixty-five percent or so of what we're going to get from him this year. He just started showing the ability to dunk on dudes again and to blow by them vertically, not just with speed and quickness. Uh, he's a playmaker, and he's probably their best point guard. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. The Pelicans are going to be much better 
as time goes on. And then when you throw throw Desmond back in the Grizzlies and give them another shooter with, I mean, a, not just a shooter, the guy scoring twenty something a game, yeah. is a very good basketball player, and just makes job that much better when you when you have just like Steph benefited from having a facilitator like Draymond, a shooter like Clay. Uh, uh, job really better for having Desmond on his team as a shooter. Absolutely. All right, let's get into some of the things that Coach Thorpe saw last night. All right, this is the opening play of the game, a tip won by the Grizzlies. Yeah, so seeing here, so what I I want just people to understand that you know they're not just hooping. Like here's a here's a set play Memphis drew out of the out of the uh, you know pregame locker room situation where uh, they're getting a lob for Adams. So you have a little dribble handoff action with Brooks and Morant backing up a little bit. And, and so you get a second screen coming in. So first they deal with John Moran Brooks, not a big deal. But now here's Steven Adams is coming in and, uh, and he sets that other screen right there as you see it. Mm-hmm. And then as he rolls, uh, uh, I can't see who that is for J- Jared Jackson Jr. Kind of lifts up and gets in the way mm-hmm. of, of uh, Jonas Valanciunas a little bit. Mm-hmm. And Jonas is caught. Look at him right there. Just leave it right there. So now Jonas is dealing with uh, a Grizzlies guy in position to score. Here comes Steven Adams for the lob, even though he's not super athletic. Mm-hmm. He's athletic enough. And on the weak side, uh, Dylan Brooks can shoot it. Yep. So you can't totally pinch in on this lob to Adams. And maybe the Pelicans weren't expecting a lob to Steven Adams. He's a below the rim. He's a very good below the rim player, but he's still below the rim. But they caught him. So you'll see the lob here to Adams. Valanciunas in a position where he's not really guarding anybody. Ja could have scored. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so Valanciunas is in no man's land. And they elect to throw the lob, and they and they pick up a foul, which is probably something they wanted to do as well. Uh, there's two super strong men in this game, and if one of them can get in foul trouble, the advantage goes to the other team. Yeah, for sure, for sure. <clears throat> All right, another play we see here. We've got a Dylan Brooks uh, floater in the lane, but there's a there's action being run. Yeah, so same situation. They're putting Valanciunas in positions where he's got to make some decisions. So they're dropping off of him. You'll see how Valanciunas kind of shades over towards Brooks, who's a weaponized scorer. He's looking to score all the time. So Valanciunas can't just drop all the way down. They, they call this being at the level of the ball. So, so he's staying up towards Brooks. His job is to slow Brooks down. Guarding Brooks is, is uh, I can't see who that is, but Herb Jones gets involved in this play in a minute. It's, it's Trey Murphy on him right now. Right, Mur- right. So play it through. And then we'll back up and do it again. Mm-hmm. So Murphy, you know, he's got to deal, he's got to navigate this screen. And you'll see, oh, so Murphy stays. Yeah, it's Murphy, not Herb, Herb Jones. So back up and do it again. So Murphy, his job is to stay connected to the dribbler. Valanciunas' job is to slow the dribbler down, in this case, Brooks, to allow Murphy a chance to recover, preferably to get in front of him. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brooks does a good job of doing what we call a hostage dribble. He keeps that defender behind him. So you mm-hmm. see right there, Valanciunas, you can see his, le- his left sleeve. Yep. He's, he's taken away Adams, and Ingram is on the backside. You see him mm-hmm. guarding Jackson in the corner, who's not much of a threat. He's not, you know, he just came back. He's not a shooter right now. So there's really not a great play for Adams. You can't jump to 13 feet. Right. If he could, you probably could throw a lob there and get it. But he can't. So the Pelicans had defended this well in front of the ball. The challenge with ball screens when you're going over the top like Murphy did is you got to defend it well at the ball level and behind it. Mm-hmm. So Murphy gets caught up. You can play it through now where he can't get back in front of Brooks and Brooks is able to get this angled shot. It's a tough mm-hmm. shot. Yeah. I would grade this a, probably a B, B plus for the Pelicans. They made Brooks make a very tough shot yeah. over a taller player in Brooks and the helper in Valanciunas. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I was just going to say, even though he made that, that's a, look, Murphy's got long arms, man. Even though he was behind and trailing and he wanted to be level, you still got, what, a 6'9", 6'11", wingspan coming at you. He definitely saw the arm still, but made that tough shot anyway. Yeah, it's, it's the average fan would, would see a point scored, a bucket scored, and think it's a defensive problem. Mm-hmm. When in reality, it's only about odds. What was the probability that he would make that shot? And I would guess, I don't have the computer, to look at it, I would guess that they, that in all the things the, the Grizzlies could run with those five guys in the game, that would not rank as a major priority. Probably a contested not. Brooks, you know, <laughs> 10-footer with Valanciunas in front of him and Murphy attached to him. That's yeah. a win for, for Memphis. Now, you can't let him do it three, four, five times in a row. 
because these guys want rhythm, and, and your job defensively is to disrupt that rhythm. But for this particular play, at the beginning of the game, as you can see, Memphis hadn't scored. Um, uh, that that was good defense, I thought. So you said something interesting there, Coach, and it it, remi- it reminded me of what you said earlier about a coach asking you how do you defend John Morant. So when you're saying it's about you know mixing it up and not getting him in rhythm, is that what you have to do when you're trying? You know, we hear that all the time. Team, you got to mix up your coverages, but why are you mixing up your coverages? Well, going back to making defenders think, if they know what you're going to do all the time, it's easier for them to anticipate the next, you know, millisecond or so. Mm-hmm. So I'm a big believer. It, not everyone is. Some people believe this is what we're doing. You know, we're doing it. This is how Ime Doka played with Boston. Uh, we're not changing a thing. We're just going to outplay you. Mm-hmm. It's the old story of the Green Bay Packers power sweep. Mm-hmm. Everybody knew it was coming, but you couldn't get enough people on that side of the field. They have enough counters where if you overload it too much, they can counter it, and then they would just bet on you at the point of attack. Uh, there's not many teams, in my opinion, that can just line up and play that way. And so, to me, getting them to be unsure, uh, creating a little uncertainty. Are they going to blitz me? Are they going to meet me at the level? Are they going to drop fully? Where are they bringing their help from? Are they going to double uh, on a pass? Um, these are all questions you want a player to have to think about when he's dealing with the defense at the moment in time that he's doing it. I think it's an advantage to do that. And so now the challenge is you get confused on defense. Oh, I thought we were doubling this and you weren't, or Mm -hmm. you'll see this all the time. I thought we were not doubling and you are, I Mm -hmm. thought we were dropping fully. I thought we were going under when we're going over, Mm -hmm. but you, you were just going under on a different player. So the more you can make the other team think about what they have to do, maybe the more chances they are to making the mistake, the better coach teams I've always felt defensively, for example, are just everyone's locked in, all five players, on executing the strategy, and they're all executing the strategy the coach designed. Yeah. Everyone's on the same page. We, it's, a, it's a phrase, but it, it's accurate. Yep. Uh, we're going to watch John Morant now here do some outstanding John Moranty type things. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, in transition here, first of all, he pu- you see he pulls it out. All five defenders for the Pelicans are back. He pulls it out, and he's just kind of put him to sleep. And you'll see Adams kind of moving towards him for the ball screen here. Uh, is he going to go left? Is he going to screen right? John Murray can go both ways, okay? So uh, Adams also sets that screen left here. And now there's a problem. Leave it right there. This, this is Valanciunas in the game. Back it up a little bit. I think the way to defend Ja is to when he's when he's attacked. First of all, they did a great job in the middle of the floor. He's got good angles. Mm-hmm. Okay, back it up a little bit more. Um, yeah, right there. Okay, so you see where Ja, you see where as Ja's attacking here, and Valanciunas is square to him. Yep. What I would want to do if I if I was uh, my guess is Valanciunas is probably better off we if we could have read if we could see how Brandon Ingram you can read his number. Yep. So I think that's where Valanciunas should be standing. So force him left. First of all, it's easier to slide yourself if you're standing like Brandon Ingram with that right foot. Mm-hmm. When you slide, you're always going lead foot first. Yep. So Valanciunas, if he drops his right hip a little bit, his right foot a little bit, he can slide and keep Jot on the left. And at least now you kind of have an idea of what he's going to do and you can slide better because of it. When you square a John Morant, mm-hmm. he can go either way. Yeah. You're not forcing him to a side. Now, if he goes right, you got CJ there. Ingram maybe can make a play, but probably not. Right. This is why John Moran is who he is. If he goes left, you got Herb Jones sinking in. He could either kick it out to Conchar to hit that three in the corner because he'd be open. Right. So, But you'd rather have that because at least Jonas can slide better and maybe make him take a really tough left-hand runner. Uh, so now play it through. Because he's square, I think Ja has an easier chance to just explode by yep. him. Yep. And because he was square to begin with, think about your right foot if you're Jonas on that. Mm-hmm. It's even with your left foot, whereas if you're a little bit more of the stance that Ingram was, your right foot is already closer to where you want it to go, which mm-hmm. is dropping towards the rim. Yeah. So yeah. I, I, don't, I haven't talked to the Pelicans about this. I don't know if they wanted to square him in, at 15 feet. My guess is that they didn't. That Jonas yeah. just made that decision to say square, and right then, I think, this is my opinion, I think Jaws reading that. Yeah. If that. If that big is square on me, I'm going to blow by him. If he's a little more of an angle towards the left, maybe I'll try to cross up and go right. 
Right. That's fine, but there were two helpers over there if he goes right. Yeah. And so I, I think I, I think we're better off doing that. I think what you saw there and what we're able to see when you slow it down, coach, is one, how first of all, Jonas is huge, right? Seven foot, like yeah. 270, 80 pounds, whatever he is, how hard it is for someone that big to when he's square to get his body to turn on that straight line speed, right? If he was more of an angle, like you said, much easier for him to go ahead and contest and force him towards help. Yeah. Back it up again. We also can see where Jonas is standing. He's almost at the free throw line. Mm-hmm. And I see right there, his left he's, foot he's, basically he's on the right, free throw line. Right there he is. He's square up. He doesn't have to be that high up. I think they're concerned. Jaw's a great second box finisher. Mm. And so uh, my guess is they told him to move up more in the box. Uh, you know, it's, it's, we're already third quarter now. He's made some floaters or pull-ups. Mm-hmm. He's yep. great at that. And so, again, if you're mixing it up. If you dropped a little deeper, maybe to the semicircle, well, then now when Ja attacks the rim, it's just one big slide step for Jonas, mm-hmm. and he can make a play. It doesn't mean Ja can't score it, but it'll be a tough contested play. But they probably talked about trying to meet him up the court a little bit more and force him to take a tough shot, which they still did. This isn't terrible defense. No. This isn't a wide-open dunk. Uh, uh, but I, I don't think – I don't like squaring explosive guards like John Morant. Yeah. And I'm going to talk – I'm going to talk to the, one of the coaches there and ask him what he thought about it. Particularly if you're Valanciunas. You know, you don't That's what I mean. Be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the super nimble athletic dudes may feel differently, but yeah. Yeah, Jonas, I mean, he still made a decent play, but yeah, he's, he did. he's not going to be able to make a play on Ja too often on that. All right. We got another Ja play here coming up in transition off of a miss. This, is, this was incredible. This is the play of the year probably so far. So I'm going to have you freeze it in a moment here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's, so this is early transition. And, and so here comes Adams for a screen. Uh, I'll tell you when to freeze it. Right now, freeze it. Go back up one step. Yeah, back it up a little bit. Just keep going. Keep going back. You'll see, you'll see the mistake the Pelican made. Keep going back. All right, keep going back. Okay, right there. Stop. All right. So right there, uh, Jaws defender, I think it was Murphy again. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, he, he is forcing Jaw to drive. In other words, he's not letting him use the screen. Mm-hmm. Well, I believe that's Larry Nance on Adams. Correct. If you're not going to let John Morant use the screen, you're, you're literally forcing him away from the screen. That's a decision the Grizzlies, the Pelicans made strategically. Okay. Well, you can't also be hugging Steven Adams. <laughs> There's no chance, as we're going to see, that those back defenders can make a play on John Morant. Right. With his elevation ability. So Nance should not be hugging Adams at all. He should be in drop coverage. Mm. You're, you're taking away the use of the screen so everyone knows where he's going, and you're driving him into what I call the spider's web. Mm-hmm. If Nance is, uh, think, of, think of the uh, dotted line uh, uh, right where you see it, yep. on, shaded over one step to the right, mm-hmm. which will be Nance's left and to the right side of the court, then you'd have Murphy to his immediate left, and you'd have Nance. Yep. CJ and maybe that's uh, Najee Marshall. Najee Marshall. Yep. Yeah. On the other side, that's four guys in his way. But now look, yep. right now there's none. Wide open lane. <laughs> and, and because of that, you're talking about he can take off, mm-hmm. which is what he did. Yep. And so if, if Nance is there, he can't take off. There's someone in the way. Yep. And so now if you play it through, this is the, this is the, this is going to be the dunk of the year. This is the Michael Jordan switch hands in midair dunk. Huge. He dunked Huge. it. Huge. He didn't lay it up. So go back and show it again. Uh, Najee never comes to make a play. I don't think he really could. No, He's probably he supposed to drop just in case Conchar, who is CJ's guy, cuts and yeah. said Conchar divide dives to three, which Marshall would have had that. What yeah. is CJ going to do? Well, and, <laughs> and you see it. Not, Najee knows, right? He's like, okay, I got, I got Conchar. You go ahead and take Morant. Here's the other thing, Coach, to your point about Larry Nance. Not, that's Steven Adams. He's not a threat out there no. if Jock gets the ball back to him. You can easily play drop off that. But even if he was a threat, you have Brandon Ingram. Go back again. So let's, let's say Steven Adams was a pick-and-pop threat. Mm-hmm. You, you, either, you, either you can't force them away from the screen, mm-hmm. or Nance has to be where it dropped to keep Job from getting basically a, a dunk. Mm-hmm. But Brandon Ingram would then have responsibility to come over and take the popping Adams. Mm-hmm. Najee Marshall would lift up on, on Aldima, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then CJ is on the other side. He goes, you've got... You've got uh, uh, the guy in the corner. Conchar. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, Conchar in the corner. So mm-hmm. this is a mistake by, by one guy, really. Uh, unless, unless 
uh, Murphy wasn't supposed to deny Marantha's screen. So I don't know who made the mistake there. Okay. I, one of those two did. You can't hug the screener and then force Ja Morant away right. from the screen. Maybe another player, right? Uh, but not not this guy. And I mean, they that, paid for it with a spectacular dunk. That runway was too crazy. And I don't yeah. know if you, you caught this in the game, Coach. When you mentioned, you said that, you know, a Coach asked you how to just defend Ja Morant. You start laughing. You're like, well, you don't. You got to mix it up. He there's a couple of plays he made during the game where he's finishing and he's you know it gets fouled and and what he's talking to they the crowd they can't guard me yeah. <laughs> like and I yeah. think when a player feels that and like he knows it that's that's tough sledding yeah this is this is the rarefied era of the world's best players you know those few other guys sometimes say it stupidly <laughs> this guy is is that guy he just <laughs> because he's ability to shoot the ball now and his overall confidence and willingness to pass yes. That's one of the things I loved about this game. A lot of talent on both sides and, and certainly of good shot makers, but ball movement was very good. They, they, again, we, we timed our, we've timed the opening of our show <laughs> tactics. Well, we because did. the league hasn't been this tactic that I can ever remember. We did. Uh, this game also marked the return of our favorite player, Jaron Jackson jr. Back. He had seven blocks in this game. No, uh, five, five, right? five blocks, yeah. five blocks. He was so defensively, he was doing his thing. He was good. The shot's not there yet. Uh, it was oh seven from three. You know, I think I, good looks though. I like the looks he got. What do you think about the looks he got? I thought I, okay, so I I don't agree with that altogether. Um, I thought Jaron Jackson Jr. I give him credit for wanting to be aggressive for being aggressive. Um, I thought he threw up slop all night. Mm. Well, here's what I mean by that. I, I mean the drives to the rim. Yeah, he, I just don't think he makes that shot very much. And certainly not now. Those were really hard. I mean, Dry, he got some good shots, yeah. And he certainly made a difference. They blocked eight shots, he blocked five. Um, he's going to have a big impact on their, what, 17th rated defense? Yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's going to make a big difference with him now. But I thought he searched, he hunted his driving shots way too much. He's not that player. Maybe he can be that player. He tried it a lot last night. And maybe it didn't matter. They weren't going to win. Maybe he thought, but um, sometimes you, you can't, you can't succeed without trying. And yeah. now you have reference points. If he, if he can make those drives, he took some real tough running like runners. Mm -hmm. uh, if yeah. he can make them, well, now he's definitely an all-star. Yeah. Okay. Let, let me rephrase that. I thought the threes he got were yeah, good. Yeah, that's what I thought you meant. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right. The, but the, yes, those those shots where he drove to the rim, not good. He was uh, three or fourteen like from the field, right? Yes, correct. Yeah, the, I thought he forced a lot, and uh, needlessly, it's just yeah. not his game yet. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it'll be, and maybe it won't be. We'll see. But it's, it's not it's not his game now, especially being out so long. Yes, but he did uh, play good defense, and we're going to show. So did. so so you know, I, I'm going to give you a backstory real quick. When Hubie Brown said when he wrote because I read it in a, in a book that he, that he had. Uh, it was actually a lecture he gave where I read it, um, that you set screens for one reason to make defenders think. Mm -hmm. I was in my 20s. I, in fact, I think I was traveling to Turkey to, to, to meet him. We, he <laughs> he, I, 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 we hired him for a week to, to coach with us. And so I was reading everything I could about Hubie so I could be a little smarter. But I remember thinking, I got to come up with something smart like that. So <laughs> I, I never have. But I've got a good one. Which is you, you don't block the shot of the guy that sees mm -hmm. you coming. You block the shot of the guy that doesn't. You live with a good contest at the NBA level mm -hmm. uh, because they're just too good at drawing fouls and contorting their bodies and still finishing. So live with a good contest when they see you. Block the shot of the guy that either doesn't see you or isn't focused on you because another defender on your team is occupying. And that's the first play here. Yep. Uh, CJ drives. Let's let's play it through. Jaron Jackson's guarding Marshall in the opposite corner, mm -hmm. right? So we're gonna we're gonna yeah. The Pelicans are running some action here. They swing the ball at Alvarado. Nance comes to screen for Alvarado. Then he comes screen for CJ across screen. Now CJ does what we call an Iverson cut, where he crosses the court at the top there. And now when he drives, look how I think it's Conchar stays connected to him, mm -hmm. right? There is Adams and Jackson waiting for him. CJ has three guys to think about. So even if you don't block it, it's a tough finish. But Jaron Jackson barely got a finger on it. They mm -hmm. said he yep. didn't hit the rim, so it makes him. It stands to reason that he probably got a finger. Yep. But uh, this is a play where I mean, there's four guys running CJ literally, and that <laughs> this has got to be a corner pass here, the opposite corner. Yeah. Because there's ten seconds on the clock. Yep. And CJ is just feeling himself a little bit. 
and and you know he, he thinks he can make the shot. Jackson makes a spectacular block. That's what seven five wingspan or whatever <laughs> right does for you. Toughest thing to do in the NBA: score over length. Yeah, if any level. Yeah, any level. It's the hardest thing. Um, I I coached a big time player in high school, all time leading scorer in the state of Florida for post players to this day, and and I saw him killing um, a player one time, and, and the head coach from Team Florida, the best AU team back then, who 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 wanted my guy. He said he must he must uh, kill those skinny tall guys, and I said actually no, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. They my guy was six six three hundred pounds. The really tall, long guys that didn't jump, and because of it, they couldn't get they couldn't jump, and so they didn't go for fakes. Yep. My guy had trouble with those guys. The really athletic six ten guy that wanted to block the shot all the time, but we killed those guys because we faked everywhere. This was a high school level, so that that's where discipline comes in. Yeah. Right. And we're gonna yeah. get to discipline with Claxton in a minute <laughs> and what he can do for Brooklyn. So Absolutely. now this is so the next Jaron Jackson block is a little bit different. This is pure talent. Uh, but it makes a difference. So he's guarding on the perimeter here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're posting up. They were posting up, um, I think, uh, Brooks inside. Mm-hmm. And, and so who is that driving? Marshall down the lane? Najee Marshall, yep. Yeah. So it helps that Clark – look at Clark staying connected there. Yep. It, there, there's no chance that Marshall is thinking Clark's out of the play. So you can't have all of your focus on contorting around Jackson. Mm-hmm. You're thinking about Clark, too. And that's all that Jackson needs. Mm-hmm. Still a spectacular block here. Uh, but it helps that Clark stayed connected. And this is where the theme of the week for me was, um, we talk, we're talking about drop coverage, but uh, it's about help defense. The more you crowd the ball, the more you crowd the drivers, the shooters, the scorers, the more you're, giving, you're forcing them to think about what's happening and giving other guys a chance to make a play on defense. So maybe not the primary defender. The primary defender is staying connected, occupying. You know, it's easy to think about occupying space, mm-hmm. but you're occupying their mind. Yep. Right? We can only have one conscious thought at a time. So <laughs> if I'm thinking about Clark, I'm not thinking about Jackson, at least for that moment in time. And that's all the premier shot blockers like Jackson need. Yeah. Contrary to what we may think. Multitasking, not really as easy as it sounds. No, it's what you, you, it's what you want to force. <laughs> All right, folks, stay tuned. We're going to go for a quick, short commercial break here. And when we come back, we're going to get into the particulars of drop coverage. This episode of True Hoop is brought to you by BetterHelp. Hey, guys, Gerard from True Hoop here. If you had an extra hour in your day, what would you do? It's a hell of a question. Would you maybe go for a run, take a nap, read a book, or maybe show up for a friend? Now, depending on the day, any one of those would be a great idea. Most of us spend our lives wishing we had more time. But the question is, time for what? If time was unlimited, how would you use it? The best way to squeeze that special thing into your schedule is to know what's important to you and make it a priority. Therapy can help you find what matters to you so you can do more of it. Now, I've been open in the past with you guys about this. I see a personal therapist as well as a couples therapist for my partner and I. And both are extremely helpful in developing positive coping skills and learning how to set boundaries. Therapy empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash TrueHoop today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash TrueHoop. Okay, and we are back. And we want to talk about drop coverage, Coach, because it's something that fans hear all the time, all the time in, during games. The announcer says, all right, so-and-so is in drop, right? The Bucks are, they play a lot of drop coverage, although this year they're not playing as much drop coverage, doing some different things. Um, and the reason for drop coverage, right, is you want to be able to protect your paint. <clears throat> Now it gives it causes some other problems on the other end, right? Simply if you have a good three point shooting team and your big and your big is dropping, you're more susceptible to threes, of course. But if your big pushes up, you might get blown by, right? So there are challenges to that type of of coverage. And when you're playing defense, as you always say, coach, it's about all five guys being connected. When you're playing, whether it's drop up, whatever the coverage yeah. is you're playing, everyone has to be on the same page. And if you're not, 
that's when the challenge comes in in, in guarding these electric offensive players. Yeah, so I think, and I, I talked to a coach the other day about this last week. Um, I wrote an article last year, you may remember, where I said the hardest position in the NBA right now is center. Mm-hmm. Uh, so defensively speaking, if you're switching, they're guarding guards. And they're guarding guards at 30 feet. Really These guys shoot at 30 feet, mm-hmm. 25 feet, 27 feet. Um, they're having to wrestle with big dudes. And in drop coverage, they're having to account for a lot of space on the perimeter, meaning I'm helping inside, but I have to recover back out. Mm-hmm. And then also I've got to defend these incredible athletes going full speed to the rim. And so you, as, as a, as a in drop coverage, remember, you know, the bucks always in the last few years, I think have uh, allowed more threes than anyone mm-hmm. that's by design. We're dropping our big guy back. What you're not going to get is the easy layup. You're not going to get that. That's that's the strategy. And so the Celtics did this against the Warriors. Mm-hmm. Uh, they this is how they play. This they want to stay back. Game one of the finals. Yeah. So before we go, to, before we show the video of of what happened in this situation, when you're dropping, your job is to make it as tough as possible on the guard going downhill. Try to make him unsure. Am I committing to cutting you off? Am I staying home to take away the lob on pick and pop, pick and roll? Pick and pop is different. Pick and roll, if I commit too hard to the guard early, it's a pocket pass, one dribble dunk. Mm -hmm. If I commit too hard late, it's a lob dunk at the rim, no dribble. I've got to play that in-between game. Keep him guessing a little bit. Am I coming fully? Am I not coming fully? I'm trying to buy time for the guard who's guarding that dribbler to get connected, reconnected back after, after getting screened. You yep. can go under the screen. That's pretty easy. And over the screen is when there's a problem. It really is two on one for a moment as you're chasing what we'll see here in the, the Warriors. So the drop coverage guy has to do all that without fouling. <laughs> so we stress active hands, active feet, uh, hedge towards them, kind of jut towards them a little bit, the guard, trying to bait him into a pass. This summer, this preseason, I had a player who got beat with an early uh, – he, he jumped to the guard too early. Mm-hmm. That guard threw a quick pocket pass to his, to his teammate and got a layup. So I told the big guy, the next time you do – that's going to show up on tape. So the next time you play, first play, show early, but know that he's going to throw the pocket pass and then recover back and steal it. And he did. I was very not happy to see that. It doesn't always work that way. But he did it. He baited his guy perfectly. So if you can bait them to throw in a pass, great. Uh, and, and you can't always do the same thing. Sometimes I'm going to try to force the guard to shoot. Sometimes I'm going to try to force him to pass. You got to kind of mix that up and you're going to get dunked on some, just deal yep. with it. It's the NBA part of the game, part, part of, the of the game. game. Right. Right. All right, here we go. And coach, I got to say, and we're running this in half speed and I'm already yeah. like nervous, like shit. Okay. What am I supposed to be doing? Like, and this, it goes much faster than that in the game. So you can imagine for a big man, once you young rookie, big man, that stuff that's swirling around in their head when they're trying to figure out what they're doing. Yeah, so this is this is uh, game one, obviously. The Celtics mm-hmm. play drop coverage because they have Rob Williams and Al Horford and at this point. Both are in the game. And and yet it's Steph Curry that you're dealing with. So mm-hmm. Steph Curry is always weaponized to shoot the three. Mm-hmm. So um, you you have to... So this is a situation where look look where... We're not even sure who's guarding Looney on this play. Smart was on Curry. Right. Okay? So I, I don't know. You, you only see four, one, two, three. There's five Warriors players. Tatum maybe supposed to be on Looney. It looks like he's the only one on a man. I mean, right we now. know we know we know Robert Williams is on Wiggins. Yep. And we know Horford's on Clay. Yep. We know Smart was on Curry. Yeah, I think it's Brown Tatum. and Tatum fuck, fucked up on Some, this. Yeah, someone, yeah. One of those. Yeah. Two. Neither one is really sure. So in either case, the nearest guy. So when you're when you're in drop coverage, and and let's say Tatum is guarding Looney. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, which which right now is is how it would need to be. Brown, who's the nearest guy, because Smart's supposed to get over the top, which is coming in a second. Mm-hmm. Brown's got a show on Curry. Okay, the nearest guy. It's different when there's no one around, mm-hmm. but you've got to have the nearest guy because the guy dropping can't do it. Mm-hmm. So either you're going to let him shoot the open three, which you do sometimes, right. or you're going to bring the nearest guy and then rotate from there. So Smart, Smart, ultimately it's a delayed switch. Mm-hmm. is what it would be. 
uh, as as uh, Smart is recovering back, the only other option would be if you, you know, it, it turns out Curry shot it. Would be Brown moves to Curry, mm-hmm. Smart doubles Curry, or continues on the Draymond. Mm-hmm. Tatum slides over and takes Looney. Yeah, yeah. But you, someone has to account for everyone. Right? There can't just be a wide open player, and it definitely can't be Steph Curry from three, <laughs> which is what ends up happening here. And he shoots it. Too I think easy. He makes it. Yeah, too easy. Yeah. No one gets to a simple yeah. screen in transition. We call that early offense. And you see uh, Marcus Smart here. Like he's talking, he's either motioning at Jalen, like, hey, that was, you know, you had to show here. Yeah. It's different. It's different if you're guarding someone far away and you're in drop coverage. We're going to see that next. Yep. But when you are guarding someone close by, you got to come over. You can't be afraid. Yeah. Smart is like, he's got his hands up. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. What the hell here? Yeah. 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 This one, you can fast forward a little bit. It's a little bit different. Okay. This is just pure. Uh, I believe if I remember right, this is, I think Daniel Tyson, pure drop coverage here. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, and so, yeah, we, so I think he's guarding, is that Porter? Yep. No, I think, yep. Arnold Porter Jr. Yep. Yeah. So you see Ty staying, staying back. Uh-huh. Yeah. Back up, back up and do that again. So now look at the other Warriors players. They're on the baseline. That's by design. Yep. This is, this is a quick three, two for one. Because they mm-hmm. believe that the ball out of bounds, right? Yep, correct. So they ran this play to get a quick three, hoping the Celtics would shoot with five seconds on the clock for them, and you get one more shot out of this. So this is they knew that if you have anyone else close to Curry mm-hmm. guarding a, a third, a second player or a third player after the screener, they'll show on Curry. So run everyone to the baseline. There's yep. Iguodala who threw it in going to the baseline. Tatum locks and trails, we call it. Mm-hmm. He's trailing Curry. And he's just trying to influence the shot, but it's Steph Curry. Right. And remember now, I think through the first four games of the series, Curry made more threes than he did the entire, any entire playoff series yep. uh, in the previous three rounds. Sure This did. was a choice that the Celtics made. We're going to give up the That you disagreed with. That you disagreed yeah. with. Well, I just, I, what I disagreed with really, Gerard, was are you going to play it through to the end? Mm-hmm. Because if you, the idea was to wear Curry down. They, they attacked him defensively. They were physical with him. They were going to make him absolutely play out of his mind for seven games. Mm-hmm. But after the fourth game, they switched tactics. Yeah. And I thought it made it easier for him. So in this play, yeah, Tatum has nothing to do. Tice has nothing to do. He's, he's dropping, and you're just giving up. the look. So, But the only way to guard that kind of action is to bring a third guy over. Yeah. But the other thing to remember is there's not a lot of guys great. Dame. You know, I, I don't right. know, Jai is like, like that is a hard shot to make off the dribble, you know, 27 feet. There's not a lot of that guys that do it really I well. I mean, really, so, so here in this scenario, who, uh, who would you even bring over as your third guy? To you can't. To carry, right? There's you, nobody. Well, no, you can't. So, the, so the, the answer should have been Ty stays up. Yeah. Because yeah. he sees all three other uh, Warriors yeah. players on the baseline. Mm-hmm. So to mm-hmm. me, Ty has to step up there. You can't, I just don't think you can expect Tatum 6'9", but that's Steph Curry. Yeah, yeah. So against another six three player, six four player, Tatum might have influenced the shot more. Mm-hmm. For Curry, it doesn't matter. So yeah. I think I think the mistake was in the flaws in the strategy of of playing drop that deep at the end of a clock when there's no one else up there that could provide help. Yeah, yeah. Whoo, drop coverage, folks. So, right, it's it's so funny that you mentioned that you say, Coach, about this idea that. A fan sees a basket and they're like, oh, someone just, you know, someone just made a bucket. And you're like, no, no, no. It's, there's so much more going on there, right? Like, what was the scheme? Whose responsibility was it? We saw it on the play, the, the previous Curry play. Clearly, it was a brown miscommunication, right? Because you see Marcus Mark going, yeah. bro, you got to get up over here. What are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. Or he was saying, yeah, I'm sure he's saying, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, it's all math. As I, as I do it, I've said this many times, it's all blackjack. You're, all, you're playing the odds on everything. You have to play the odds. And so, do you ever play blackjack? In, of course. Right? Yeah. Okay. So, don't you hate it when people don't know the rules of blackjack? Yes. But I don't mean rules as in, uh, I mean, what do they call or, it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Uh, when not to hit. And yeah, yeah. yeah the, 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 yeah. Real, the real, there's, there's a book on it. There's a mm-hmm. strategy. And when they're not playing by the book, it affects everybody, potentially. Yep. So, same thing, in, same thing here. You got to get everyone on the same page. And everyone's operating the same plan. And now you've tipped the odds as good as you can in your favor. The rest is just luck. <laughs> this is when the whole to make or miss lead comes in, right? Like yeah. we, we've done, we've done what we can. If yeah. they make it, well, <laughs> I mean, yeah. it is what it is. 
Right. All right. So we always close out our, our true hoop tactics with a message for a player. And boy, oh boy, we saw the Brooklyn Nets get mollywopped by the Sacramento Kings last night. Wow. Kings score 153. I mean, that, look. It's a lot yes, of points. That's, uh, I mean, my God. Where, where did that rank this that was, year? That's the most points scored this that's year, what I thought. for sure. <laughs> like, I mean, and that was regulation, no overtime. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it well, was, it wasn't it, a close game. It, no, I mean, it was 40, 40 at one point in the second quarter. And it was, and that was it. Since yeah. then, the, the Kings just went on, on an onslaught and it was bad times in, in Brooklyn. Uh, Demonte Sabonis looking good over there. De'Aaron Fox, uh, Mike Brown, mm-hmm. as you said, this might be the right guy to get them change, change things around. The culture's a little bit different there. They played fast yesterday too, coach. Really, they're Pace, playing really fast. Racing. The irony here is I thought Brown would have an impact on them defensively. Defensively. Mm-hmm. And that hasn't happened yet. But there's no question. That, I mean, the Kings are good. Like, they're a solid team. Yes. They, they're, I think they even have a winning record. Yeah, yes. yes. I think they're 7-6. and six. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and when they're doing this offensively, uh, they're never going to be a great defensive team. I don't think they are. I don't think Keegan Murray and Sabonis, we said this on our show yesterday mm-hmm. or Monday, um, are great partners defensively. But offensively, they're oh, really yeah. good. Yeah, oh, my and God. Fox, I, Fox has made a big jump this year. Not he last has. night; he didn't need to. He's made a big jump. This is a career year for him for sure. He has for sure. So you have a little message you you, you want to get out to uh, the uh, net center one, Mister Nicholas Claxton. He had a little rough time there uh, guarding Demontis Sabonis. And look, Nick did put on weight in the offseason, put on some muscle, but not enough muscle. <laughs> Yeah, you, you can just play the video. I don't know how well it's going to come across on, on the uh, screen because it's, it's even at half speed, it's a little choppy. But uh, Sabonis just bullied Claxton. And so I've never really talked about this publicly before, Gerard, but what I do with players that I help, mm-hmm. very, I mean, I do a lot of things when I help them, but one of the things I like to do is leave them voice messages. Mm-hmm. Uh, players tell me, players have told me for 20 plus years now, they, they, they hear my voice in their head and I'm really glad. Um, that they do. And so I don't just like writing notes to them because I don't follow these guys around. Right. Um, and so I leave them voice messages. So, uh, and you've heard some of the messages I've left for players. I've played yep. for you. So what I want to, what I would say to Nick Claxton, I've never met Nick Claxton. Um, what I would say to him is when you're playing a guy like Sabonis, who's so crafty and so powerful, he's such a strong man. Um, you have to have a better plan. And so our plan, first of all, would be to, to start denying him earlier so that he's got to bully you more because that's also, A, the referees might call something. Mm-hmm. There's, he's doing it more. It means there, he might be breaking the rules more and you might draw a foul. B, your whole team knows it's coming, mm-hmm. right? So you got to meet him way before he gets to the paint. But then once he gets to the paint, stop thinking you're going to block his shot. Mm-hmm. You're not. He's just going to fake you and draw a foul or – in the case of the last clip we saw, he's going to get you to jump and take yourself out of position to contest. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't hug him. So bang him like crazy as he's banging you uh, to try to get position. And then near the rim, you need not to attach yourself to him. He's very crafty. And he will spin off you or he'll just step. You know, we, we call it taking the angle that you give them. Well, you don't want to give them any angle. Uh, the very first player I ever had was six foot seven in the NBA and that's short. I said, but don't make it worse by jumping where they can take the angle or taking a bad position. We call it walling up and talling up wall up for the angle, tall up with your arms outstretched to make them shoot over you and live with that. Mm-hmm. And you, there's nothing you can do, Nick, in terms of strength versus Sabonis. We may have to make a choice to bring help or not if he keeps scoring over you. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a play in there where he chose to go baseline. Yep. And Nick tried to square him up instead of staying on top of him, mm-hmm. keeping him on the baseline, which is a mm-hmm. tough finish. So the goal would be we always want to make sure that it's Nick with the ball. That, I mean, it's Sabonis with the ball, then you, then the basket. Never a situation where it's you and then Nick with the ball in the basket. <laughs> You've got to be in between. You have to be the sandwich meat, right? Yeah, yeah. In between the rim and the shooter. Fight like crazy early. Uh, wall up with wide legs, wide arms, and not getting so attached that he can bounce off you or step past you 
And then when he goes to shoot, tall up, and then get ready to block out and get the rebound. We can live with that. If we have to help and double, we will. But you're not even giving us a chance to because you're getting beat at the point of attack at the rim. Yeah. And, you know, I love that you, that you pointed this out for Claxton because in the last clip we showed, he had him against the baseline, right? And yep. we always hear coaches say, that's, a, that's your sixth defender. Use yeah. the baseline. Don't let him spin back to the middle of the floor where he's got no. options now. And he let him get back to the middle, which, which was yeah. a problem. You also mentioned something we were talking about. It's had to do more with screening, but I think the point makes the same about using a wide base. Kevin Garnett was not a thick in the chest and a big dude, lanky frame, but one of the great defenders of all time because when he's guarding somebody, he's got the strong base, right? Those legs are nice and wide, and he's letting you push and get around him when you're, when you're getting into the rim. So I grew up playing football. Because uh, my parents were stupid and didn't know any better. Uh, I'm not stupid, so I didn't, my son was dying to play. I would not let him play. Uh, one thing you learn in football, though, is uh, lowest man wins. In fact, my very first year playing football, I was sucking and playing offensive line. Oof. And I was tiny. <laughs> but um, you did have to – the coach's point to me, I was 12 years old, is I, it was very clear I understood the game pretty quickly. I want to be a quarterback, but the team returned their starting two quarterbacks. And um, – it really taught me a ton about leverage. So the next year when I got a chance to play, we won the Super Bowl that year, undefeated Steelers team, 1977, <laughs> baby. I still have a picture of that team. Nice. I came back the next year at quarterback, and um, I just understood so much more about lowest man wins. And so in this situation, the only chance that Claxton has to at least provide some kind of resistance to Sabonis would be lower your center of gravity. And then when Sabonis slams into you, false. I used to always tell my high school players this. When someone slams into you, fall straight backwards like someone shot you with a cannon. Mm, offensive foul. Yeah, you, and he didn't try to take one. And, and Sabonis slammed into him. Yeah. So when you're standing straight up, it, the, the, the optics aren't as good. But when you're low and wide and you mm -hmm. take it in the chest mm -hmm. and you fall straight backwards, not sideways, mm -hmm. uh, I think you tend to get more calls that way. I'm sure that you do. Yeah. And you got to try one. Mm-hmm. You got to try one because just make sure he hits you hard. Mm -hmm. And uh, and so so this is all a mental thing. Uh, uh, Nick has got to think mentally about how do I not give him angles? How do I not go for fakes and make him shoot over me? As, and then I'm doing my job. And that's important stuff for Nick to learn because while Sabonis is big and strong and crafty, in the East, unless the Nets get some help along the way, he's going to have to deal with. Giannis, Embiid. Joel Embiid, Brooke Lopez, these humongous yeah. dudes, Adamayo, yeah. right, who are way stronger than him, right? So you're going to have to kind of figure out, as Coach said, wall up, tall up, how to get that base nice and wide and have a plan of attack for when you're on defense. I mean, more likely than not, the Nets are going to have to send help because you ain't, you ain't checking any of those dudes one-on-one. -on -one. Uh, but, yeah, it's important stuff. Guys, this is the big basketball brain of Coach David Thorpe. We're letting you inside. This is stuff he tells players. I have to say, like, we're very lucky that, you know, and won't tell you which players are when coaches like, oh, I'm working with so-and-so and we get to hear what he's telling them. It's, it's very cool because then we watch the games. I'm like, Ooh, I know what you're supposed to be doing there right now. Usually it takes me five minutes after the fact because <laughs> processing speed, not so fast, right? Yeah. <laughs> During an NBA game, but you know, it's good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. And, and on the processing speed part, this is a topical conversation to have. I'll just do it in 20 seconds. I'm writing about the Warriors right now. Mm -hmm. And, um, James Weissman, he's not, he's not a focal point of my piece, and I've been hiring him than anyone, mm -hmm. but I am seeing a problem. He is slow processing. Mm -hmm. He hasn't played in three years, mm -hmm. give or take. You know, a couple minutes here and there is his rookie year in a COVID season, but it's, it's not coming together. And so, and he's allowing it to affect his, in my opinion, his body language. Mm -hmm. And I'm writing about this right now. As soon as, we hang, as soon as we're done with this, I'm finishing my article so they can edit it. Um, he sat on the bench and maybe clapped one time that I saw. Mm. It was like he was pouting. Uh, you and I did a show a week ago where, remember he got upset mm -hmm. that, that Curry, Curry got upset with him. Yep, yep. And then he got upset when Curry lost it. Mm -hmm. And I said to you, oh, I'm taking his jersey for a game. Yep. Suspend one game with pay, but you are not dressing for us when you do that to our franchise. <laughs> well, they didn't suspend him. They just sat him for five games. Yeah. He didn't play. He was out of the rotation. And I, I think it was connected. And then as this was happening the other night and he's just not clapping for his team who needed a win and got one, I thought to myself, oh, he's got to go to the G League. Well, yeah. they thought that too sure by enough. the time the game ended. Mm -hmm. 
And Kerr said, oh, it's going to be for at least 10 days. Yeah, Santa Claus. They're not messing around. So I think that's a processing issue with him. Reps are everything. He needs to play. And the G League, he'll play. But he also needs to have a better attitude. Like, you cannot. And that's why I'm saying this on our show, Tactics. Tactics alone is never enough. There has to be an energy, an enthusiasm, a positivity. That's all part of the culture to inspire each other. And Weissman is sorely lacking in that. And so as I'm, I'm diving into the Warriors' defensive problems this week, uh, that's what I'm writing about, the lack of energy that the team is showing defensively after turnovers, which is what I'm specifically looking at, and then Weissman specifically being all their young guys are terrible on defense. Moody, yes. Kaminga, Weissman. But the other two, well, Moody's attitude is great. He plays really hard. Kaminga and Weissman, I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. Like, they okay. may get traded tomorrow. They don't grow up. Wow. Yeah, they better grow up. No, it's – listen, and that – that how Kerr wants them to play, it requires – got to process it. you got to process quickly. Um, and they, 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 they got stuff to work on. And to your point, Coach, you can see it when you watch certain teams, right, who's just kind of jogging into their offense and, not, and teams who cut with a purpose, race with a purpose. Yeah. It, the basketball just looks different. And so, you know, this is what Wiseman's got to do. And hopefully in the G League he'll get some time in Santa Cruz and some reps and he'll learn and be, be better for it. But, and, bring, and bring more energy. So, hey, Gerard, for, for our ta- tactics uh, uh, listeners and viewers, uh, I know you're open for them to send ideas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I, I've got a million because I watch all the games this way, but I'm happy to s- scratch their itch. Yeah, for They've sure. They've got some questions. You, well, our, 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 our program that you designed very well is we're going to break down some nationally televised game. Mm-hmm. That's segment one. Mm-hmm. Segment two will be something mm-hmm. in particular this week drop coverage. We don't know what the next one will be. Maybe someone will have an idea for us. Yep. And maybe not. Maybe they mm-hmm. won't. We just won't like it. <laughs> you, you reserve the right to say no. You have veto powers, right? And then the third thing will be what I would be telling a player if he was a yep. student of mine. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. So send in your ideas. Yeah, guys. Uh, those DMs are open for me on Twitter at JS Hector. You can hit up Coach Thorpe. Uh, you can hit up Henry at True Hoop. Uh, we're happy to to take any and all suggestions. I do have final veto power, so if I don't like it, we're not doing it. <laughs> um, no, but uh, definitely send us what you're thinking because you're, this is a real treat to get to hear from someone in Coach Thorpe, who works literally with NBA players you watch on your television every day. Like, literally players in the league right now who are, who are doing things. Right. Uh, so, again, for Coach Thorpe, I'm Gerard Hector. Thank you for tuning in to True Hoop Tactics, and we will see you next time. Take care.